0: UncleCentral.com. Stay informed and up to date. It's the Daily Maverick Show, Tuesdays 1 to 2 p.m. on com.
1: Yes, as you just heard, it's the Daily Maverick Show. And for the final time, you're with Jonathan Sinclair. I'm standing in for the whole team, Stilly and Jenny and Simon and John quite a big team I, I know i'm leaving somebody out there but nonetheless i have my very first time rather a co-host with me who i've known for many years uh, stephen dodge welcome to the show
2: very good afternoon to you
1: yeah now just explain your surname i keep wanting to say dodge <laughs> ever since <laughs> i've known you and like in my head i always say stephen dodge but it's dodge
2: that's it that's it d-a-r-g-e that's it now basically just yeah, just let it roll off the tongue dodge
1: dodge you know suave yeah, you, you, you're quite a, a well-known newsreader on the community uh, radio scene, yeah, and yeah. Uh, you've been doing this for a while, you know your stuff, and I actually wanted you to co-host with me a few weeks ago, but of course you were gallivanting the country. Of and, course. Of yeah. course, you know,
2: being a tourist in your own country, I went to a place that i would never been to before, mm-hmm. and it's just a fantastic idea, you know, instead of having a trip overseas, why don't you consider mm-hmm. going to a place that you would never seen before in South Africa? Mm. Shot left. Hundreds of them that people had never seen before, so take a chance, you know.
1: Yeah, and uh, it it is the first uh, Tuesday of uh, 2015. We haven't even had one week of this new year. Everyone is still feeling fresh, looking fresh. How are you feeling, Stephen? Are you ready for it? Are you overwhelmed?
2: You know what? It's been a good break, but I think most people are ready to get back into the graft. Mm. I think most people are ready to begin the hard work again. And it's been a, well, a well-deserved rest, I think, for a lot of people in, in South Africa and uh, around the world. So we're just going to have to wait and see what 2015 holds. It's, mm. hope. it's full mm. of promise and hope.
1: Uh, no, and the news did not stop over the holidays. Of course, we are going to bring you a jam-packed show today. Uh, we've got some news from the Matric results, which, of course, were released today. Um, the figures are down slightly from last year, but I think not too bad nonetheless. And we have some sta- sad stories, of course. Um, uh, we're going to talk about a Germiston mother who is fighting after her cancer survivor daughter at only the age of seven passed away um, after being starved for three days. We'll bring you that story. And then we also have a terrible story of a man who shot his wife in the police station and then turned the gun on himself. So we must get those terrible stories out of the way because it is important to know that. But then also we'll bring you a story of the top Gauteng matric pupil. Um, we I failed to get an interview with her, but nonetheless, uh, we are very proud of her. We'll also talk about the top-performing school in Gauteng. And then, Stephen, you also have some interesting stories you want to tell us about.
2: Yeah, it's not all bad news to begin with. Of course, the petrol pass is coming down this evening. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll mention that. We'll see what kind of impact it might have on your pockets and... The good news isn't over yet. There might be another petrol price decrease coming next month.
1: Well, this was the third one consecutively, this one tonight.
2: Exactly. And uh, really, we're feeling a lot better. Our pockets are feeling a lot deeper, should I say. Mm -hmm. Um, And people took that uh, extra cash, and they used it over the festive season. So a nice way to start the new year. Uh, We're also going to be talking about cancer. Mm -hmm. And about recent research coming out that's saying up to a third of cancers Cannot be traced down to lifestyle choices It's pure luck of the draw Mm. And we'll tell you about those kind of cancers Exactly what they are Of course you do get the usual cancers Which are lifestyle choices Making up those other two thirds Uh, So we'll give you a quick uh, brief about that And see how things go there And then uh, we'll end up the show With some Fantastic news bloopers.
1: Yeah, we got the sort of top news bloopers. Not all of them are from last year. There is one heavy one that is from last year. And what I do is I spend so much time on YouTube watching news bloopers. Yes. It's like one of my favorite things to do. And you, you can't look away. It's like a train wreck. You, you it's so <laughs> awkward and you cringe for the poor news reader or the poor reporter that is going through that live news broadcast, whether it's on radio or TV. And you just know what they're feeling. You can't escape it. It's like a bad dream. When things go wrong on air. Absolutely. So, we'll bring you some of those awkward and cringe worthy clips. And then, also talking about New Year's resolutions, we're going to go through a list of the top 10 most broken New Year's resolutions. Yes. And I also have some interesting advice from a guy who I think, uh, you know, embodies what's, what it is to stick to your New Year's resolutions. Why don't we, um, Why don't we listen to that now and see how we can keep these these goals or whatever it is that you want to call them? Let's hear what he has to say.
3: Make an easy resolution. If you don't smoke, resolve to not smoke. If you're already employed, resolve to get a job. If you're unemployed, resolve to write a book. Be vague. Always write them down in pencil. Never use a pen. Actually, never write it down. Unless your resolution is to write down resolutions. In which case, get a tattoo of your resolution. Pick a popular resolution. If other people are doing it, it'll be a lot easier to keep. Hey, that's my resolution too. Add, try really hard to before every resolution. Ask your shrink which resolution to do. Then ignore her advice. She's out to get you. Pick resolutions you have failed at in recent years. Third time's the charm. If you're fat, don't resolve to lose weight. Be true to yourself. Resolve resolved to become a plus size model. If you're ugly, resolve to get plastic surgery. That one's easy. Resolve to not die. If you break your resolution, you're in heaven. Win-win. Don't call them goals. Goals are hard. Never tell anyone about your resolutions, especially your shrink. If anyone asks, just mumble. Unless your resolution is to not mumble. That would be a dumb resolution. Try to set it later in the year, like June. If you set it in June, it'll be twice as easy to keep all year. My New Year's resolution was to make this video in June, done and done.
1: All right, that's there the you way. have it. Yeah, <laughs> Some great advice. And that's kind of how I feel. Like there were a lot of memes going around before the new year. And one of my favorite one was Robert Downey Jr. sort of rolling his eyes back. And I actually shared it on my Facebook. And it says, almost time for that new me. What new year, new me bull crap. Uh. And it's so true because we all know in like two weeks, we're going to be into our old habits again, feeling the same way. And although it's a new year, it's just another day. You know, Einstein was the one who taught us that time is just an illusion.
2: That's true. So
1: I suppose you have to change yourself and not just, you know, your New Year's resolutions. They're not going to last unless you change within yourself. Yeah. Yeah.
2: The main thing is, of course, that it's willpower. It's all about willpower, Mm. being able to keep those resolutions and keep on going with them. And remember that one day down of that resolution is one day towards the end of the year, one day closer to that goal. Uh, So, we don't exactly agree with everything uh, that was said on that clip there, but things like working out, going to the gym every day, you know, if you've been going every day since the beginning of a year, you've got six days under your belt already.
1: Yeah, only, what, 300 and what? 69. Yeah, 59 more.
2: 359 more days. But you're well (laughs) on your way.
1: You know, you're well on your way. But something that is exciting today, Stephen, is, of course, the matric results coming out. Now, before matric results came out today, there was a lot of controversy, all the cheating that went on, predominantly in KwaZulu-Natal. Apparently, that was the main province for cheating. And at times, markers were dealing with, like, up to 40 papers that literally had word for word the same answers. So it was quite a serious Thing, but apparently we didn't do too bad. And being in Gauteng, we were the top-performing province, as always. Yeah, it's no surprise uh, considering our economic power, I suppose. And that really does, you know, um, have an impact on the education. But uh, the top-performing school countrywide was Afrikaanser Hur School Macy's School. They attained a 100% pass rate fantastic. for the 29th year in a row.
2: Fan, absolutely. It's, fa- it's, it's just fantastic. It's just you think of these things and you think that even in the face of adversity, a whole lot of schools are doing very, very well. And this kind of school can set an example for the hundreds, if not thousands, of schools around the country who said, no, but it's not possible. We can't
1: get 100%, really? Well, not only was Hur School Macy's school the top-performing school, they also gave us the top-performing Gauteng learner. Mm. Uh, This girl is named Sigourney Lishman, and she attained nine distinctions and a 95% average. Fantastic. So it's not not too shabby. And then, of course, there is always the negative side, Uh, at least three schools in Limpopo obtained a 0% pass rate.
2: I heard about this, and you have to think that either these are incredibly small schools, Mm -hmm. or the people who are there just do not put in the effort. And it's not just the pupils. It would be the teachers. It would be the Mm -hmm. principal. It would be the school governing body. It's all of these people who make, especially the parents as well, Mm -hmm. and those are the, the, the group of people who make the pass rate. They're the people who have to support the pupils writing in the exams. And for a school to obtain 0%, it means that there was no support from any of these mm, people. Mm, mm. It's absolutely shocking. But uh, looking at the pass rate itself, you mentioned Atoll having issues with cheating. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it seems to have come through because uh, the pass rate fell the most in Natal from 69.7%. In 2013, uh, sorry, I beg your pardon. From 77.4% mm-hmm. in 2013 to 69.7%. I it's mean, quite that's quite a big drop. Yeah, 7.7% drop in, in the pass rate, and of course, KwaZulu-Natal is also the province in the country where the most matric learners wrote wrote their exams. So. Okay,
1: so they're the majority of the matriculants yes. writing, okay. Yes. Mm. Uh,
2: so th- of course that comes through, you know, there's a whole lot of debate going on, okay, whether the amount of pupils versus last year, other schools having t- taken on more pupils and things like that, whether that all has to do with the pass rate. Uh, that, like you say, that was the controversy that was going around a few weeks ago, in fact a few days ago. Um, but the thing is, you know, it's up to 500,000 matrics have missed the varsity cut. In other words, that ability to get into a university, and now they need jobs. So, will the job market be able to uh, assist those people? Will they be able mm, to, to absorb them, them yeah. exactly? now? Exactly. We're going to have to wait and see what happens there. Um, still, the national pass rate dropped from uh, uh, dropped two point two point four percent in total uh, to seventy five point eight percent, and that was down from seventy eight point two percent last year.
1: Now some are saying that drop is because last year they were putting through uh, grade 11s who hadn't actually passed into matric. Yes. So some are saying that that is the reason why it's dropped. That two point. What is it? Two point four percent. Yes. It's kind of serious. I mean, 2.4% doesn't sound like a lot. But if you actually look at that in numbers, mm. how many matrix are there that, that failed? you know what I mean?
2: Absolutely. I, I believe that there were up to something like uh, 800,000 matrix who wrote the exams this year. And 2.4% of that, it's a decent number when you look at that kind of thing. Uh, and yet, of course, the other thing is that we need to remember um, that there are the bright stars out there. You know, talking about the Afrikaans of Huarumesi School, they are they're a bright star. And they, they can motivate other schools. We can do this. And this is exactly what they want to do. What What Basic Education Minister Angie Mosheka was saying yesterday is that every single school has the capacity to do well. It's all about putting in the effort, all about having that additional support.
1: Well, let's listen to what Anne Obelhorza uh, – I can't say that – Obelhorza, hey? There you are. You're a bit off your pants. Anyway, she's from the IEB. Uh, let us hear what she has to say about this year's
4: matric. Clearly, when you go into the business world and when you go into the world of work, the importance is – Around being able to apply knowledge appropriately. So we believe that we do prepare learners to understand that you can't just learn something and expect to be able to cope in life. You have to be able to analyse the situation you're in, what is it demanding from you, and how do you work with the knowledge. Past marks are legislated, so 30%, 40%, whatever the case may be, 50% in certain subjects if you want to get a bachelor's degree pass. If you get a 30% pass, it doesn't in any way um, give you access to university necessarily because in order to get to university, you have to get a minimum of 50% in at least four of your subjects. If 30% means that you can recall knowledge and that's all you can do, then we know that the kind of job you're looking for is not going to be a job that requires an interrogation of of answers or concepts. We do serve predominantly the independent school sector, but interestingly enough, not only rich schools. So yes, there are the Rodines and the St. John's um, and the schools that, that are traditional, long-standing independent schools. But we have two tiny little schools in Umtata, that are independent schools. They serve a predominantly um, middle-class um, community there. And we have other schools around the country uh, in rural areas, um, northern Natal, in uh, Natal Interior, Greytown Town and so on, that are not rich schools. They, they are schools committed to excellence in education. The results this year are predominantly in line with what we normally get. Our, uh, our pass rate is 984 Last year it was 98.5. So these are top-performing schools who are keen to continue to do well every year. This year there's a slight increase in our percentage of passes for university entrance. Last year it was 85. This year it's 85.5. The advanced program courses are not part and parcel of the National Senior Certificate. they extension courses um, that go beyond um, the matric. In fact, we've had them internationally benchmarked, and they are equivalent to the A-levels in the UK.
1: All right, so that was Anne Oberholzer from the Independent Independent Examinations Board listening what she had to say about the 2014 matriculants. Um, I'm sure many of them are relieved. Uh, some are probably not as happy, maybe needing some sort of support. Let's just hope that there aren't any cases of suicide like there have been in the past. Stephen, I'm sure you remember that story of that girl who was actually incorrectly informed that said that she failed. Mm. She landed up trying to commit suicide, but in fact she had past so mistakes do happen whatever result you did see today you know it's not the end of the world you can do supplementary exams you can do bridging courses it is not the be all and end all of your future
2: of course you know the other thing is we need to remember that um this year was the first year that names were not published mm-hmm. in the newspapers. Yeah. It was only ID numbers and examination numbers. Some people were saying, "Okay, well then, what happens if family members just get the examination numbers and mm-hmm. they look for those in the paper? Fine, that's fair enough. But it's a lot easier than looking for. It's a lot more difficult, should I say? So a lot of people
1: could be told that they failed, meanwhile the person looking for them actually just missed their number. It's possible. Yeah, it's certainly mm-hmm.
2: possible. You know, if your name doesn't appear there, oh my lord, what am I going to do now? Mm-hmm. And suddenly this this realisation that I can't go to university. Or I need to repeat matric or, or whatever it comes through. Not to say that's a bad thing, because you'll remember the, the protest in Kuruman in the, in the Northern Cape, uh, where the residents were trying to get governments to build a road between Freiburg and Kuruman. And during that protest, they stopped children from going to school. Hmm. Schools were closed for months, literally months, in the Kuruman area. Now, those matrics have been accepted to do the supplementary exams, which come through in February and March. And those kids, being clever, and being having common sense, they've said we're not going to be prepared for it. We would rather redo the whole year. Now these are kids who have faced adversity and they're gonna say, We're not gonna be held back, you know, we're not entitled to anything. We would rather put in the hard work ourselves. So if you didn't make the cut this year, fine, go back and do it better.
1: And you know, some of the most successful people in the world weren't You know, boffins at school. Some people who are billionaires don't have matric or, you know, whatever it is called in their country. Mm. You know, success doesn't depend on your academic education and not every person is intelligent in form of academics. And the school system does only teach one type of sort of intelligence, Mm. you know, it. You know you could be good with your hands, you could be good with your voice, you could be good with people, whatever it is. You got to find your talent now and you got to go out there and find out what makes you happy. And you know, live a life that you don't need to take a break from. I see everyone is talking about that on social media, you know, living a life or creating a life that you never want to take a vacation from. It's up to you. It yeah, can I remember be done.
2: if you if you enjoy what you do, then you'll never work a day in your life. Mm-hmm. Getting mm-hmm. back to what you said about some people not being academically uh, minded, should we mm-hmm. say. Albert Einstein, mm-hmm. famously, uh, one of his teachers said that this kid, he won't be clever. Mm-hmm. And that was when he was you know seven or, or six years old or whatever it might have been. Um, and look where he was. you know, he, he invented the theory of relativity. He invented so many different theories that define science as it is today. So it's an important uh, story to know that just because uh, you didn't do well in your exams, it doesn't mean that you are doomed to, to not succeed or doomed to fail at mm. life. You know? It certainly doesn't define you. It is, of course, in a very, very important standard if you want to go on and study further, if you want to go to university. And you need to do well in trick. that's obvious. Mm. But there are far more other things out there. Um, entrepreneurship, for example, oh, is yeah. a perfect example. And I mean, government goes on all the time about having more entrepreneurs and supporting small businesses. And
1: you don't need a matric to be an entrepreneur. Exactly. I would imagine, though, getting the bank loan would be a lot more difficult without a matric certificate. So I don't know how they feel about that. But it's not the be-all and end-all of your success. But, Stephen, let's move on. Let's get some of this bad news out the way. Everyone, uh, well, sort of the main story today, from what I can see, is the shooting at the Parkview police station in Johannesburg. Shocking. Now, what happened is a lady was filing um, – papers about domestic violence with another gentleman. Obviously, she had reached her wit's end. Mm. This guy offered to help her out. What happened then is her husband walked into the police station, shot his wife and then turned the gun on himself. Shocking.
2: Absolutely shocking. How
1: does this happen in a police station? I don't know. How do you get a gun into a police station? I don't know. It is very sad nonetheless, but... This is something that happens every day, domestic violence. Eh?
2: It, it is a significant problem in the country, and not just in South Africa, around the world. It just depends on how the different police forces handle it. Uh, the full story was this morning is that the guy actually, they were filling out the forms together.
1: So he was filling out forms against her as well.
2: Uh, as far as I know, they were actually filling out. That, that's, the, that's the story that I have heard. And um, it was actually confirmed on, on several news websites that he went back to his car to go and fetch a gun. <gasps> he then walked back into the police station, shot her in the knee. And then shot himself. They both died on the scene. How did she die from being shot in the knee? That's a good question to ask. It must have hit some kind of, of very, very important mm. artery. Uh, and, then, and then she then bled out. But again, it raises the question. You know, how does this happen in a cop shop? As you were saying, it, are, are the police not prepared? You know, We talk about the client services center of, of a police station. Should we not have guys at the front door expecting these kind of things? Mm. The possibility mm. that you know, someone could come into a cop shop who is completely enraged by the police... Uh and will start shooting anything that he can find. Yeah,
1: you know, there so should be some sort of metal detector at the door or something. Yeah, exactly. But also you would, even, you would think you're safe in a, in a police station, Absolutely. you know, you, you're coming there to report domestic abu- abuse and finally you're in this area with cops, you know, with other adults, you know, and you feel safe there. Mm. And maybe this was the first time this woman had felt safe in weeks, in months,
4: you it's, know what I mean? It's certainly
2: possible. And, and of course police are still trying to determine exactly what the cause of a domestic violence complaint was in the first place. Uh, we'll find that out, um, in the coming days and hours, I'm sure sure but the story it's, it's it's shocking that you just think that you know it can escalate to such a point where it actually takes place in a police station mm. these kind of things normally happen behind closed doors you know you hear about woman abuse and domestic violence you you, you hear about people i heard screams coming from next door last mm. night you know or i heard i heard a gunshot coming from a house down the road or something like that and it's not uncommon it just depends on what we what we do with it how are you going to to stop this epidemic mm-hmm. because Domestic abuse is, is such a serious issue And it, like I said It takes place behind closed doors A
1: lot of people's attitudes Is why doesn't the woman Just get up and leave She's weak yes. she's, uh, she's there because she wants it The reality is I think a lot of the time It's finances Mm, sure, mm, the door mm, is open yes. for you to walk out. You can walk out at any time. Mm. But then where what where do you go to? You have mm. no job. You have you know, a lot of people are relying on their husband or their spouse for their income, yes. for their livelihoods. Also, what happens with the children? If if your spouse has more money to fight you in court or has finances to get a lawyer, mm. you don't want to lose your children. You don't want to lose your livelihood, the roof over your head. Yeah. And sure, you can sleep on a friend's couch, but for how long?
4: Yeah, you
3: know exactly. I mean?
1: So there's a lot of other issues that come into play here. And the reality is, people do love people, even though your husband or your spouse may abuse you and stuff. You still feel a connection to that person. You still feel love for that person, as toxic as it may be.
2: That's something that a lot of people ask. You know, how can someone stay around
1: hmm. when when
2: the domestic abuse has been continuing for so long? Because I feel a connection to this person. Okay, fine. But then why don't you go and talk to somebody that you trust? Surely you have friends. Surely you have family members. A lot of people don't, mm-hmm. fair enough. Mm-hmm. But why don't you go and talk to somebody and say, look, this is what I'm going through. What do you think I should do? I mean, if this is the situation in a police station where, where you go and try and, and, and file a domestic violence claim uh, or, or file a domestic violence report even, mm-hmm. then the person comes into the police station and suits you then and there a lot of people are going to say, well, what, how am I going to be safe? Why should I go and talk to anybody if even the police can't protect me? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's actually it's disturbing to think about. Mm. And there has to be some kind of activism. There have to be victims of domestic abuse who come out and they say, don't sit down when this happens to you. Don't stay quiet. Talk about it. Raise the alarm mm-hmm. because then people will become aware of, of how bad – The abuser actually is. Mm. And hopefully some justice will be served in the end.
1: But you know, we all know that uh, people who abuse other people, they are master manipulators. I mean, you can beat up your wife and then an hour later convince her how much you love her, how sorry you are, how it's never going to happen again. And I think a lot of the time the woman, well, I keep referring to the woman because in most cases it is, Mm. the woman almost wants to protect the husband because if she were to go to the police station, if she were to go to her family or his family or whoever it is, then she's technically, quote-unquote, tittle-tailing on him and is going to get him into some sort of trouble. There will be some sort of consequence. And I think a lot of the time, they're just trying to protect uh, their, their spouse from, from that. So... Uh It's easier for us to sit on the outside and say, just leave and be a strong woman and stand up for yourself. But I think there's a lot more that goes into these kinds of things that we need to take into consideration. But nonetheless, a very sad story coming out there. And then, Stephen, one more sad story I want to touch on is this Germiston mother who is fighting with the Charlotte McLeke Hospital after her daughter, who was only the age of seven, passed away on Sunday evening. Now, the story here is that her daughter had overcome cancer. She had had a brain tumor, she had undergone chemotherapy, she had undergone radiation, and she had survived. It's an amazing
2: story to begin with.
1: Well, that's the thing. Nonetheless, after Christmas, she had to be re-admitted to hospital to undergo some sort of surgery. Apparently, what happened then is that the hospital said they had to starve her. She wasn't allowed to eat. Now, you can imagine, after chemotherapy, after radiation, how weak are you already? Mm. So, the mother says she was fighting with the nurses, feed her daughter, feed her daughter. They didn't do it. And the story goes that the surgeons would only look at her daughter after she had stopped breathing. So she was there for three days being starved, was only seen by a surgeon when she was already in, I suppose, cardiac arrest, not breathing, etc., etc. What happens now? Your daughter's dead sure you can sue them for money but your daughter's not coming back
2: absolutely who do you hold accountable do you hold the nurses accountable do you hold the head of the hospital accountable for not checking up in these kind of things do you hold the the superintendent uh, accountable for not making sure that processes are followed and that patients are, are well taken care of who exactly do you hold accountable and what do you hold them accountable
1: for well the hospital's uh, head of neurosurgery says that he regrets the child's death but which he denies rates. the allegations that there was negligence. You know and she is wanting 150,000 rand's compensation for from the hospital for her da- daughter's medical bills that's fair. which is nothing.
2: That's that, That's understandable.
1: 150,000 in medical bills is nothing. Yeah. I, I, I don't course. even think that would cover all of the radiation chemotherapy etc cetera, etc. Cetera. Possibly. But also how do you feel that that space within you your daughter's gone. Only seven years old, and because of negligence, not because. So she went through the chemotherapy, she went through the radiation, all of that, fighting, 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 yeah. and then a three-day stint in hospital kills you because they didn't want to feed you. It's it's such a terrible story.
2: It is, it is, and it, again, it shines the, the spotlight on hospitals in South Africa, um, in public hospitals in particular, and and whether they are holding uh, holding themselves accountable to standards because we as the public we shouldn't have to hold the health department to to particular standards. The department and its hospitals should be doing doing that themselves. Mm. They should Mm. be saying, we need to have the highest standards in the world. We need to have the best patient care in the world. And it's unfortunate that we have to hear stories like this in order for the, lights, the the spotlight to be shone on these kind of issues. Mm. And it's, it's even ter- terrible that these kind of issues have to happen in the first place. Mm. Uh, why do we not have um, uh, people who will go, like health MECs, for example, who grow, mm. go around to hospitals on a regular basis to go and find out about these kind of things?
1: And uh, the, these are the cases that we hear of. I mean, these are people who have the knowledge to run to the media, yes. who have the connection maybe. I'm sure out there in rural South Africa, there are people – passing away i don't want to say daily but stories we don't hear about Mm. and also i suppose there are some good stories coming out of our medical uh you know our medical fraternity or whatever i'm sure there are good things happening but it is the bad ones that the spotlight gets put on and i don't know how we deal with it because i'm sure in two weeks there's going to be another story and this one is just going to blow over Mm. you know so it is very sad and you feel helpless what do you do
2: that's exactly the thing. It comes down to, to, unfortunately, it comes down to politics in the end. It comes down to using your vote as your, your, your voice. Yeah. It comes down to saying, look, we're not happy with the state of affairs. Um, the local government elections are coming up. You know, if you are sick of the way things are being run in your particular community, whether it is run by a political party versus another political party, speak, use your vote and say, we're not happy with this, change it. And that's the perfect way to do it, um, to actually have protests and things like that going on and, and saying, we're not happy with this. That's a great way to shine a spotlight on it now and to put pressure on officials and say, we want changes. We don't want it after the elections. We want them now. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, it doesn't oblige those people to respond. It's its sad. It's a reality, unfortunately. thats That's the main thing that we have to work out. We have to try and f- figure out accountability. This is exactly what we were saying just now, whether – uh, we can make somebody accountable for these particular uh, mistakes or alleged negligence and things like that, whether people can be held accountable for that, who can be held accountable, what kind of results are we wanting to see here. Mm. Um, and I think the best result we wanted to see is higher standards and, and mm-hmm. nurses who, uh, you know, if, if the story turns out to be true, you know, if it does go to court and if there are negligence claims that are proved, um, there's going to be a, there's going to have to be a radical overhaul of perhaps even nurse training, even though... Our nurses are so highly sought after overseas. Mm. Nurses because they deal
1: with every kind of problem there is.
2: Exactly, yeah. exactly. So, again, it makes you wonder, you know, do we need more training? Does it come down to the kind of person that these nurses are? Or maybe they were following protocol. You know, you have to look at both sides of the coin. Mm. What, what was the other side of the story? We're going to have to wait and find out if it does come out in a court case. Hopefully we will be able to hear both sides of the story on this particular matter
1: anyway let's turn to something a little uh lighter i've just got one more story here i want to bring you Stephen. and women are going to be really happy about this one apparently they have more brain cells than men (laughs) now the story goes that you should leave the smelling to women and this is a study published in the plus one journal and it suggests that women have a finer sense of smell because they have more brain cells now i don't know is (laughs) how do you feel about this Women, I've noticed in general, do have a finer sense of smell. Mm. And they can also see more colors than men can see. So, like, a guy will be like that is green. A woman will be Notice like... teal. <laughs> there we go. But apparently that is a fact that they can see, uh, I think it's like more than 100 it's different shades more than men can see. And there is some biological reason for that. Mm, mm, but, uh,
2: you, you've heard of the research that came out a few weeks back about it is now being scientifically proven that men's brains are bigger. Than women's brains And that is It is actually a scientific fact It The studies are there It has been proven But it seems that Women are able to pack more Into that tiny little space but Never mind Guys are the king of packing cars You know mm-hmm. When you want to go away on holiday We can pack things into spaces Unfortunately perhaps Not just our brains that's, <laughs> that's, That seems to be the thing That we're not very good at But um, uh, you know When it comes down to smells and colors Like you are saying Maybe women are better Maybe uh, you have to look at maybe some of the best cooks in the world. Were they women, or, mm. or, or, or what does what history say? We we have to work out and say, okay, um, if this smell smells like orange, no, but it smells like I don't know um A nectarine. <laughs> it smells like something funny, and, and the guy thinks, eh, "What?"
1: Yeah, I think all citrus <laughs> citrus fruits smell the same to us <laughs> yeah, in the end. Yeah. You know what I mean?
2: <laughs> Oranges and noshes. I think that's the main difference for me, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah. You know, it, it, gender differences. It's always going to be a big thing for us. Mm, mm. It's always. But especially
1: be when you to bring, to bring the brain into it, because th- that is like the focal point of the the fight. You know, who's cleverer? Yeah. Who's a better driver? Who's better at this? Who's better at multitasking? And I don't know
2: that's I think radio personalities are better at multitasking mm, yeah. <laughs> being, <laughs> being able to 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 write down things, think about a million other things at once, and that comes down maybe it 's down to skills yeah. more than gender it could be you know you never know you never know moving on to other. Uh, very very good news tonight Yay, of yes tonight sees the petrol price decrease something that we are really really excited about so how much decrease are
1: we looking at Chesty? we're
2: looking at up to one rand 27 and that's for one liter of 93 octane fuel so if you put mm-hmm. 93 in your car you're going to be paying one rand 27 less per liter fantastic that's a news. huge drop eh? that is Absolutely. a really big drop it's a record drop we've never had that high a petrol price decrease in history before in South Africa. Mm, mm, and it's, it's, it's really, really good. It's, it's actually um, – it tells us that, you know, the international oil price and the decrease thereof is having a big impact locally.
1: Well, I saw yesterday that Brent crude uh, reached a five five five-and-a-half-year low. So maybe that's Absolutely. partly to play. And you say within the next month or so we could be looking at another drop. When can we expect that? Maybe middle Feb or
2: yeah, yeah. We're going to look at it towards uh, the beginning, towards the middle of Feb. Um, petrol price decreases are always announced on Fridays, and they take effect the following Wednesday morning mm. at exactly. I've always p-
1: wondered why they do that, though. Yeah, well, you know, I think why it's can't it be the Monday? Or, <laughs> <you> <laughs> gives know.
2: gives the petrol station owners a chance to change their their their. their, their Equipment and things mm-hmm. like that. You know, you're talking about the, the Brent uh, price of a barrel of Brent crude oil being lower. At the moment, it's reading at $51.83 a barrel. And the last time I remember it being this low was, like you say, years ago, before the whole um, uh, the, the conflict in the Middle East erupted for the second time. Um, so we're certainly looking at another petrol price drop coming in the future. Uh, you're going to be paying more than one round 20 less. I say what is it currently? It's fifteen rand something, isn't it? No, no, no. We're is looking it fourteen rand. It's, it's around about twelve rand. It's around about twelve rand. Are we on that low?
1: Yeah, we're that low already. The last time I checked it, I could have sworn it was like fourteen rand something.
2: It, you know what? That's how crazy it actually got. That that's we, we were paying fifteen or, or around about thirteen to fourteen rand. Have we ever crossed the fifteen rand mark? Um, as far as I'm aware, no, not yet. Um, but we're going to have to wait and see what happens with the oil price. That was the way it was looking up until a few months ago. Up until the US decided to become almost self-sustaining uh, uh, on its own shale gas uh, 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 production. Mm-hmm. And that has been the big driver as well. It's been the, the, the big driver in oil price drops, um, including the troubles in Russia. And the reason for that is that the uh, predictions say that in the next two to three years, the U.S. will be completely uh, uh, able to su- sustain itself on its own oil production, whether it comes from gas or whether it comes from offshore oil fields. Uh, that's been the big thing. Of course, the U.S. is one of the biggest uh, consumers of oil in the world yeah. alongside China. Yeah. And China's also had some recent uh, a decrease in economic growth. So that's having a big impact on it as
1: well. Um, yeah, but h- how can America be, if you think about it in terms of population, I think America's population is currently at like 300 and something million, whereas China's is over a billion. Now, how do you get it in terms of numbers? Yes. How many is each American? How much – fuel or energies each American using as opposed to the Chinese. You know when they have a population of over a billion you yes. can understand why they're one of the main users. Of course. But America, what is your excuse?
2: I think it's more because of the cars um, and, and the kind of industries that they have around there. It is a very, mm-hmm. very oil intensive industry. And that comes down to, to the US's decreased consumption of oil because they are they've now got electric cars Everywhere mm-hmm. you spend a typical day in New York City, you will see electric cars by their dozens.
1: Where are these? Where, where do they recharge?
2: Most of them recharge from normal power sockets in the US. Um, and what powers those power sockets? Coal-fired power stations. So that's a whole other argument completely. Mm-hmm. Um, some of them are oil-fired, and that's where the 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 decrease in consumption comes from. Because if you need less uh, uh, power to, uh, sorry, less oil to. Uh, uh, Use to power your cars, mm-hmm. you can redirect that oil to be making electricity and then powering your electric cars. And electric cars use more energy, or sorry, less energy per se mm-hmm. than an oil powered or a, a petrol powered car. So, you know, that's where it all comes from. And, and of course, they've, they've, uh, the US has become really, really conscious of the, the environmental issues that they're dealing with. Um nonetheless, it does mean that, uh, we are gonna have a, a, a decrease in the petrol price here. The reason why we're not seeing a bigger decrease though, is because the rand is fairly weak. Yeah. Um, so, versus the whole US, the other currencies in the world. Uh, if the rand was stronger, we could be seeing, we could have actually seen more than a two rand drop. And mm-hmm. petrol this particular time around So we're going to have to wait for the economy I wonder if we'll
1: ever get it below 10 rand again I doubt it, though.
2: though Yeah, we might, we never know, we might uh, Depending on how things go in the Middle East With the oil prices and OPEC mm-hmm. And those kind of guys to, uh, 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 Having issues and, and having this price war, Mm. as has been predicted. Um, We could well see the petrol price falling under 10 rand in a few months. Uh, We could even see a barrel of Brent crude oil going back to $35 a barrel, as it was Mm. about 7 or 8 years ago. So, fingers crossed.
1: As a kid, I remember sitting there and uh, my grandparents and my parents would always discuss the petrol price and you know they moan about it and I remember my grandfather being so angry that the petrol price was going to hit 5 rand a litre. Goodness me, what uh, a travesty. Those days (laughs) are long gone. And he was like, yeah, you know, they'll Get their five rand a litre You just want
2: It's <laughs> true Bob they did Exactly exactly. You know, We've we paid a lot of money mm. and, and the other thing of course Comes down to that South Africans They travel a lot more We use a lot more petrol uh, mm. Because of the distances Between where we work You know you live, find somebody Living on the east end yeah. Who works in the west end Or somebody mm. who lives in the south And works in Sandton That's mm. a decent distance to drive Every single day mm. So we're using a lot of petrol I mean some people um, On this very radio station Live in Pretoria mm-hmm. And they travel here every day So those are the kind of people who are filling up their cars, maybe twice, even three times a week. Yeah. So for those kind of people, it's going to have a huge impact on their pocket. I worked it out. I'm going to be paying 70 rand less. On a tank. On a tank of petrol from tonight. That's awesome. Two beers. (laughs) (laughs) Fantastic.
1: Score big time. All right. Now, Stephen, you wanted to bring us a story about cancer. What's going on there? Yes,
2: that's a big, big story that's been coming out. Recent research indicates that up to a third of cancers uh, are purely luck based uh, okay. that's, that's very, very interesting you know you think cancer comes so out two
1: out. thirds of cancers are caused by lifestyle choices that's and exactly genetics it. so smoking, lung cancer uh, you also mentioned stomach cancer is a big one in terms of lifestyle choices. Yes. But then the others in terms of brain tumors and things like that, those really come down to luck of the draw.
2: Absolutely. You know, looking at, at uh, it is lifestyle choices. So if you drink a lot, you might be more exposed to the possibility of liver cancer uh, or stomach cancer or something like that. If you smoke a lot, you're going to be looking at throat cancer, um, and in some cases even tongue cancer. Um, you know, you hear of emphysema and things like that. That, could, yeah. that comes down from lifestyle choices. But, yeah, that that's the research. Two-thirds of cancers, modern-day cancers, um, they are down to lifestyle choices. But things like brain tumors um, and other, like, head and neck cancer and things yeah, like that, yeah. they are completely luck of the job, maybe down to I suppose neck, these, are,
1: these are those stories you hear of this person who never smoked, never drank, yeah. exercised, and then at the age of 50 or whatever it is, they get cancer and yeah. pass away. And you think, how can it happen to that person? Yeah. But I suppose… Lowering two thirds odds, I mean, by living a healthy lifestyle is not too bad. Absolutely,
2: and it comes again. It comes down to to making sure that you live a healthy lifestyle. That one third it does not give you the uh, the chance. Yeah, I can go out and smoke all I want, Hmm. or I can go out and drink all of all I want. It just relates to particular kind of cancers. Other ones there, I mean, ovarian cancer, testicular cancer. Mm -hmm. um, Those are the kind of things that we just really have no control over, except for early detection. And being able to have them treated and things like that.
1: Something which really scares me and which lately I've – well, the last few years I've become aware of is HPV. Yes. And, you know, when you go uh, and you, in school or wherever it is and you hear about sex education, mm. as they always are harping on about HIV, et cetera, et cetera. But HPV is something that's so serious and it's especially for women. It just The guy doesn't even know he's a carrier of HPV. Uh, and then years down the line, the woman gets ovarian cancer or cancer of the cervix, and they don't know why. Then you've got a big issue. But you can get uh, women vaccinated for that. And, of course, it also leads to throat cancer and things like that from oral sex and stuff. Yes. So HPV, I feel, is something we're not really speaking enough about and not uh, many people know about. I mean, I know what it stands for and all this, and I know you know what it can cause but i don't really know what it's about and it's a serious thing that i think we need to start looking at
2: absolutely you need to get yourself tested that's the main thing you know it's not just hiv tests uh, governments and and organizations around the world they they harp on a lot about going to get yourself tested for hiv it's not just that go and get yourself tested for chlamydia go and get yourself tested for syphilis and, and mm. a host of other sexually transmitted infections including mm. as you said hpv sometimes you might not even know that you have it
1: but that's the scary thing is the guy who I think in most cases who's the carrier mm. has no effects at all. He doesn't even know it. Yeah, yeah. And then it's the chick who two lays two years later, whatever it is, after the relationship is probably ended, mm. is now dealing with cancer of, you know, her nether region, which yeah. whichever part of it, you know, is affected. It's really something serious. But now Stephen, just before we go into our news bloopers, some of the funniest things I've ever heard and seen, let's talk about the top ten most commonly broken uh, what are we calling them? New Year's resolutions? Yeah. So of course, obvious one, obvious, obvious, lose weight and get fit. Ha! Huh. Have you ever had a year where you were not gonna do this, Steve?
2: Uh, you know what, uh, actually, I have. One year that I decided to give up (laughs) I just decided No it's not going to happen It just won't happen at all Um, And then you decide No well actually Maybe this year I'll give it a try Next Mm -hmm. year I didn't put my back into it Because I may have given up Halfway through the year I mean what about
1: yourself? I don't think I've ever lasted To halfway through the year (laughs) Definitely get fit I've never really had a problem with weight But definitely getting fit Is something uh, I've always wanted to do And every year I'm like This is my year You know. This is the year to do it But we'll wait and see Then coming in at number 9 Of the most commonly broken new year's resolutions is quit smoking it's a big one
2: and he just Mm. talked about cancer you know it it can really really have a big impact on your lifestyle and it's something one day at a time we're talking just now about working out you know you're six days into the year you've got 359 days more of, of your resolution but but smoking is the one that's really beneficial because you've heard the stories about how even days after you stop smoking your health improves significantly and 15 years after you've stopped smoking you have the health of a normal
1: person but, you know, it's easy for non-smokers, again, to say quit G- smoking G- when G- apparently nicotine is the most addictive substance in the world. So this beats out heroin, crack cocaine, uh, Even methamphetamine. Alcohol. Yeah. Nicotine is the most addictive substance in the world, and yet it's legal. So that just shows you how crazy that is. And it must be really tough for smokers to stop smoking.
2: There are plenty of products out there, and some of them do seem to be a bit funkong. kong You know what I
1: mean? One time somebody gave me, you know, that gum that you buy at the chemist? And that That <laughs> nicotine gum. Yeah. It is the most disgusting thing I've ever tasted. And it's not even like proper chewing gum. It's like chewing something hard. It is horrible. Anyway, coming in at number, is this number eight? Learning something new. That's uh. an easy one. Yeah, I suppose we learn something new every day. Yeah, exactly,
2: and it's not just—it's it's not a big effort that you need to make. All you really need to do is just—you know what—the internet's such a big, a fantastic resource. Yeah. Just go on, just have a it's quick. On read. the tip of
1: your fingers, yeah. Exactly,
2: you've seen something. You're driving around, you've seen something on a billboard, maybe a mm-hmm. word you don't know. Go online, search it, define
1: this word We take that for granted hey? exactly. We take all that knowledge for granted uh, At number 7, eat healthier and diet I suppose are. that goes in with our first one Yes. And then this is a big one At number 6, getting out of debt and saving money that one's not that easy. Yeah,
2: It's unfortunate. It's really, really unfortunate. And it takes some financial smarts to do that one. It's mm. a very, very good resolution to have. That's obvious. Um, There's something about
1: forgetting that you have the money there. Yes. It's like, you know, <laughs> when you always know how much you have, then you, then you budget with it. Mm. But if you could just put it away and forget about it, which is easier said than done, you know, maybe you could get somewhere.
2: My mom started saving for her retirement when she was 21. That's when she mm. took out her first retirement annuity.
1: All and uh, is she near retirement now? She's
2: near retirement. She's getting there. And, and the thing is that a lot of people think retirement, annuity. now, I'll, I'll, I'll figure that out later. Yeah. And it goes hand in hand with, with getting out of debt and whatever. Look, not all debt is bad debt. A debt on a house, yeah. which is an appreciating asset, which, which basically increases in value. That's not necessarily a bad debt, but debt on a car. An expensive car, which mm. depreciates. The it, moment
1: it. you drive it off the the floor, it's exactly. lost twenty grand or so. Exactly.
2: So the easiest thing to do about uh, about getting through this resolution, I would say, is to simply say, okay, um, I'm not going to buy this. I'm not going to buy that new PS4 game. Mm. I'm not going to go out tonight and spend five hundred bucks, you know, uh, on a on a dinner or a couple of drinks mm. or something like that. Rather put that money away because debt catches up to you faster than you think. How
1: do you feel about saving even though you have debt? You get what I'm saying. So you could yeah. have your Edgar's account and your Woolworths account and all these things to pay off, but then still saving money is is that a way to go, or should you sa- should you pay off all that debt and then start saving? You should do both. You should do both You
2: should. You should. You should say, okay, um, you need to look. Where it gets to a situation where you are just struggling with money, you're struggling. You know, the debt is now this huge mountain, the size of Everest, that is now really about to fall onto you. You need to put all of your available resources. Just paying off that debt mm. But where you've got A small amount of debt That you know you can pay off While putting some money Into savings So mm. you've got that 500 Rand that you would Not have spent mm. that you, Instead of going out You stayed at home You watched the DVD You had a pizza Something like mm. that uh, Take that 500 Rand And say okay I'm going to give I'm going to use 300 Rand of that 500 Rand To pay off my debt And I'm going to put away The other 200 Rand Earn some interest on that yeah. That's a good way to go about it, I would say. Um,
1: just depends on everybody's unique financial circumstances. All right, then, Steve, coming in at number five is spending more time with family and friends. I uh, think this is a good one yeah. Hey?
2: Yeah, uh. absolutely. You know, you have to you have to think that. Again, <laughs> relating back to that cancer story, a very dear family member of mine found out recently or earlier, late last year actually, um, that they had cancer, oh, and on. it was uh, luckily it was caught in time. Mm -hmm. very very luckily it was caught in time and it was it is a new year's resolution of mine to spend more time with that particular person it seems a bit hypocritical though because why do you want to spend do you want to spend time only with that person or spend time with the whole of your family Mm -hmm. you know you need to say okay well this person is very dear to me and so is this person so let's make a Let's, let's try and spend more time with them together.
1: Yeah. You never know when life is going to change and when That's it's it. the last time you're going to see that person. That's so it. I think that is a good one. Uh, then coming in at number, what is this number five, traveling to new places? Or rather this is number four. Uh, yeah. Mm. Uh, most commonly broken New Year's resolutions. So I suppose you want to travel everywhere, but life catches up. I mean, you might be saving for your end of year trip, but then you when, you know, your car breaks down or whatever yeah. it is happens, there goes that money. Yeah.
2: It, Again, you know, you have, to, you have to sort of work out and say, okay, um, I need to, you know, I'm not going to go out. Let me put some money towards that. Mm. And, and you need to try and keep that fund going. You need to try and earn that interest every single month. And mm. then at the end of the year, you might say, okay, sweet, let's go. Mm. But that obviously, like you said, you know, if, if you have a car that breaks down, you need yeah, to… Yeah, your
1: priorities, go. you know exactly. what I mean. All right, Steve, let's get through this list quick so we can get to our news yes, bloopers. Less part, less part. Um, number three, being less stressed. Hmm. how do you plan to be less stressed because stress is all about the spontaneity of it that stuff gets sprung on you and you not really yeah you can't plan to be less stressed i suppose you can plan to deal with it better i suppose that's a good idea that's a very good idea something that you can try all right coming in at number two of the most commonly broken new year's resolutions i want to volunteer
2: that's an easy one. You can use your time. Go, do, go to an animal shelter. Go to the SBCA. Mm. Go to these numerous other non-profit organizations. And then some hands, you know, mm. uh, for animals in particular because they, have, they don't have a voice there for themselves yeah. and for yeah. people as well. It's it's a simple thing and it makes you feel better about yourself.
1: Oh, yes. And then, of course, at number one, drink less.
2: Pet your price coming down. Two extra beers. Uh, yeah, you,
1: yeah, you see? <laughs> Maybe it would have been healthier for you just to spend that on petrol. You know what I mean? <laughs> All right, Steve, we've come to the end of that list. Why don't we go into some of these Awkward, awkward, awkward news bloopers. Now, the first one I want to go into is happened between two very elderly gentlemen. One is the news anchor, one is the news reporter. (laughs) And just ignore the first part in the beginning because that's the actual interview that the reporter is doing. But the part I want you to listen to is what happens at the end of the interview.
4: There's nobody on overtime, there's nobody working on the weekends. There's a lot that could be done to have this done a lot sooner. I'm here every day.
0: Well, she lives on the first floor, and so I mean, I don't see. I
4: care about my other neighbors. Well, I
0: mean, so I mean, the pe- the, the it, it was it's scheduled. It's a contracted job. Um, we don't tell the elevator company when when to work their people. They submit a, a schedule to us. They said they could do the elevator in six weeks. So all we're all all we're trying to hold them to, to is is meeting their deadline. Um, as far as working, doing elevator repairs, six, seven, eight o'clock at night, I don't see that as being a typical process, nor do I, it,
3: is it a typical process I to I be working on now. I want to okay. thank you both. Yeah, thank you. you. All it's right, back to you, Jim. Uh, don't let her go away. This, uh, that, that's, uh, what, does she have a response to that? Is she still there? Well, what's that? D- did the lady just leave? Yeah. Oh, that's too bad. We should, we should have kept uh, that discussion. She's back if you want her. Yes. She heard you. Yes. What would you like to know? I would like to know a response to what the gentleman said. The gentleman's a very effective spokesperson for the for the company, but uh, obviously the people who live there are not satisfied with his explanation. Right. So what do you want now? Well, if I have to teach you how to be a reporter, Ollie, I'll do that later. Oh, why don't you do that later, Jim? But uh, I think the lady expressed herself, and uh, you're not here. You're there. Would, is there any question you'd like me to ask her? Uh, no, I I I'll, I'll give you lessons on how to become a reporter later. But I'll on. give you some lessons on how to be an editor because I was your boss once. Yeah, you were. And are no longer. How did that happen? <laughs> uh, well, I don't Here's Ernabel DeMillo.
4: Hey, good morning, Jim. We are live.
1: <laughs> All right. Now, that yes. that got awkward <laughs> very quickly. But I can see between these two guys is that there's some history going back there. Please like stop. he says, I was your news editor previously. on Yo.
2: yo, I'm gonna yo, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw you. That was getting to the point of <laughs> physical violence. They see each other in the newsroom next time. <laughs> straight, 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 straight.
0: I love
1: yeah. watching these things on YouTube. They are so cringeworthy, and you almost feel sorry for them. You want to like be there, just give them a hug. <laughs> I want to reach into the computer screen, just be happy. It's live on air, and what can you do about it? <laughs> How do you stop from looking like a tit on air? <laughs> anyway, now this one, Stephen. This happened very recently. It was one of the top ones from last. Yeah, and it is with Samuel L. Jackson, mm. and I don't want to spoil it too much, but it gets a little racist where you know sometimes uh, you know people think that all black people look the same or whatever it is, and this poor news anchor confuses Samuel L. Jackson <laughs> with another actor, and Samuel L. Jackson is so insulted that he keeps on about it. Let's have a listen. I do.
3: You what, working for Marvel? The Super Bowl commercial. Did you get a lot of reaction to that Super Bowl commercial? What
0: Super Bowl commercial? Oh. You know what? I've admit, my mistake. I, you know see what? See, you're you're as crazy as the people on Twitter. Right. I'm not Lawrence Fishburne.
3: That's my fault. Oh, I know that. God. That was my fault. Uh, my mistake.
0: You know what? We oh, don't all look alike. Like. Uh, you're know oh, all, all, like. all black and famous. You, you are we all guilty. Don't look alike. I am. I I am guilty. Um, I'm, Next I'm I am guilty. He thought he you were Bob Dylan. Right. You, <laughs> <laughs> thought, you're, you're the entertainment reporter. I know. You're the entertainment reporter for this station. And You don't know the difference between me and Lawrence Fishburne. My, my mistake, uh, my
3: mistake. I apologize. apologize. Really, my big mistake. Let's talk that about must Ro- be a uh, very short line for your job outside there. No, there's <laughs> a, there's, it probably would not be hard to get another person to sit right here. Let's talk about Robocop. Oh,
0: hell no. <laughs> <laughs>
3: really? No. Really? I I apologize.
0: But I'm the other guy. But? I'm the other guy. The other one. But. What's in your
3: wallet? Right.
0: Ah. That's it. <laughs> that's exactly right. That's There's, the- more There's more than one black guy doing a commercial. There it is. No question about that. Uh, I'm the two- what's in your wallet black guy. Okay. He's the car black guy. There it is. Morgan Freeman is the other credit card black. guy. <laughs> you only hear his voice though, so there. you probably won't confuse see, him with. Yeah. You're, you're exact. You're out. You're 100 percent right. Uh, to Robocop. There's you a, a heavyweight black guy that's like putting cash down in the seats in a in a baseball stadium, but he's also the black guy that turns off the house, the water, and the lights when his kid tells him the house is cool. Right. I'm not that guy either. <laughs> do we want to do a list of all the people that you're not? And I've actually never done a McDonald's or a Kentucky Fried Chicken commercial. Fair enough.
3: I know that's surprising. Right. Fair enough, fair enough. Oh,
0: man. Uh, to the original... And I'm the uh, only black guy in Robocop that's not a criminal. Okay. Other than Michael K. White.
3: <laughs> Two, it's obviously a great cast, and this director does have some extraordinary critics. As, as, you as do you... know who
0: they all are, though, right? Yes, I do. I mean, just in case they have some of them on the show.
3: Well, <laughs> do some I, work. I won't make the do same... Do some as... research. Make you know sure what? you
0: don't confuse them with those other white actors. <laughs> there,
3: <like> <laughs> this is a well-deserved spanking. Thank you for it. Uh,
1: all right, Whoa. so that was uh, Samuel L. Jackson giving a news anchor a piece of his mind. He really was insulted, and he's really making the point that not all black people look alike. And I, I feel so sorry for this guy because he is the entertainment reporter for that station. And. <laughs> As he tries to move on with the interview, Samuel L. Jackson is but like, no, no I'm w- the
3: other we are going to talk
1: about this. We are going to talk about this issue right here. Now this one I really like. This poor, this poor woman cannot get her wording right. Let's hear how she stumbles through it.
3: It's a, a sausage competition that I judge. Oh. In, like, sausage eating? Yeah. Oh, okay. yeah. <laughs> King of the Kubasa and uh, local sausage makers, they all make their best and they
4: enter it. I bet it's delicious. It is. It's
3: February 9th, 7 p.m. at uh, Prairie Land Park. Tickets are only $25. It's for charity, and uh, you can get uh, tickets online at Pick a Dick. Pick. Oh, <laughs> no. Well, you're thinking about sausage.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Pick a dick. Oh, my goodness. That was
3: ridiculous, wasn't it? We were
2: not drinking wine today. No, we weren't.
3: (laughs) We weren't. That was a really good event. (laughs) It is. King of the Cubazzo. So go to (laughs) pickadick.com.
1: Alright Shane, that poor woman Just as she tries to correct herself She makes the same mistake again
2: Alright
1: now Steve, we've literally got a minute and a half left of the show But I do want to play you this awkward, awkward Mm. moment Let's give it a listen
3: And England skipper Andrew Strauss arrived in London Proudly showing off the little urn
2: They'll spend four days at home before flying out for the World Cup And Belinda, I just can't understand how something so small can be so impressive
4: Well Mark, you would know about that Weather's this next with Jane
1: Riley but first here's George Negus alright what a burn right there <laughs> clearly these colleagues do not like each other now Steve thank you so much for joining me on the show today it's been fantastic um, just before we go where can we catch up with you Steve
2: get me on Twitter at Steve from Africa yeah at Stephen Dodge D-A-R-G-E you'll find me there I'll tweet about the important things in life Jono
1: well I'm at uh, Jono Sinclair and of course you can catch me tomorrow on the animals show Animal central but now Steve just before we play out I just want to play you one of the most awkward things i've ever heard on radio this of course happened on 702 about two years back Ooh. i hope we are not going to get in trouble for playing this but Ooh. it is just too hilarious to leave alone uh it was in the middle of the night this newsreader was clearly very angry mm. and this is what he went on air with enjoy it's just past one o'clock this is eyewitness news good morning <clears throat> i'm mark esteraisen <laughs> racism the pigs who killed Andres f*** <laughs> The Avia <obvious> beer. <laughs> <laughs> racism. We are all wild animals meant, meant to live free. <laughs> Capitalism. <laughs> Fascism. <laughs> this wage slavery graveyard shit. <laughs> Domestication. <laughs> my <Malema. laughs> The state. <laughs> Perpetual economic growth on a finite planet. This is the only panic we have. If you don't agree with me, please see my blog. Mark com Peace, love, respect, anarchy. Follow me on Twitter. Mark Estazen. You can see me on Facebook as well,
0: Marcus Aizen. It's
4: the Daily Maverick Show on CliffCentral.com